Well, let's see. Good morning, friends, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Oklahoma. So today is Thursday, October 17th, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, and we are on page 62. We're on the first paragraph that says selfishness and self-centeredness, and we are going to be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph. So, okay, our 12 steps today will be read by Anita B., 12 traditions by Esther F., the readers of the text are going to be Lauren N., Barbara P., and Naomi B., and then Jason K. will be our newcomer greeter today, and second hour host will be Nadia B., So our reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, October 16th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 13528, 13528, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 13530, 13530. So a preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth, fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now have Anita B. uh, read our 12 steps. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Thank you. Anita B. here from New Jersey. Uh, The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Let let me do service. Well, thank you, Anita B. Um, Next, we will have Esther F. read our 12th tradition. Good morning, Esther. Good morning, Kelly. 
Hi, this is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, for each group, we should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems the money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion in outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F. So how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your your share to approximately three minutes. And I'll tell you time when it's up. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So what you do is you press star one to unmute. And then once you're done sharing, you let us uh, know by saying pass. Then you press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book. We're on page 62. We're there at the very first paragraph that says selfishness, self-centeredness, exclamation point. And we are reading and uh, commenting on that one paragraph. And let's see, Lauren, you're going to get us started. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Kelly. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, selfishness. Lauren N., um, compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. Selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles, driven by hundreds, by by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us, seemingly without provocation, but we invariably find that at some time in the past, we have made decisions based on self, which later placed 
us in a position to be hurt. Wow. That is incredible, as is most most of the as are most of the sentences in this book um, and in the this chapter. Um, but this this paragraph is wonderful because it is the root of all all of my disease, my self pity my self-delusion, my fear, my self-seekingness has caused me to be of, to hurt the people I love the most in ways that I never thought I could. I always, it was always all about me without realizing that I wanted it to be about me. I lived in this place of everybody did me wrong. I was, I felt like my family needed to cure and do for me in ways that Nobody should ever have to do for anyone else. I was not willing to look at my part in anything in life. I had wreaked havoc in my life in that I was 286 pounds, dying of diabetes at 50 years old, and had no idea how much I was hurting the family and the people around me that I loved and that loved me. And I thought they were all doing it to me. And I am so grateful today that I live in a place of self-awareness. And by doing a step 11 a a nightly review every night, I get to look at my selfishness and how it has caused my disease to rear its ugly head and how my self-pity has caused me to be in total denial of everything around me. And I am so grateful for the ability that I have that I have found through this little chip of the book, as they say. Time, please. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Kelly. Thank you, Lauren N. So, uh, if you have not shared in the last couple of days and would love to share on this paragraph, give me your first name with your first initial of your last. Katie sure. Austin. Craig, yes. Yes, Katie H. Katie okay. H. Hang on. I heard Katie, Craig, Kim, Nessa. That's all I heard. Anita Cindy H. H. Anita and who else? Cindy H. Cindy H. Okay. Anita, I didn't get your last initial. I'm not sure which Anita this is. 
here is the lineup. That was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, Katie G, Craig F, Kim G, Nessa R, Anita, and then Cindy H. So we'll stop there. If I didn't get your name, we'll go another round here in a minute. So if you guys would please make sure you're pressed star one and make sure you're muted. And we'll get started with Katie G, followed by Craig F. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, great ears, Kelly. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, so what are we doing? We're getting down to the root of my problems as an addict. This is not about being a human being. This is about being an addict for which it will kill me. These are not just human feelings. Look at the words we're looking at. The root, selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my issue. What is a root? The root is the main artery that feeds my life. The main artery that feeds my entire life is me. And what happens is I get driven. The limo pulls up to my house, is like, hey, Katie, uh, my name is Fear. I'm going to drive you around today. And then what happens? I am naturally unmindful of the welfare of others, just like Bill. And so I'm afraid I'm going to be abandoned. And so I go around the world <clears throat> being unmindful of you, and then I snub you because I don't think you're good enough, or I worship you because I think you need to fill me, and I behave in ways that are not kind, but I don't even know it, and then I go and ask you for a favor, and you're like, hey, what's, wh what are you talking about? And I, I don't even know what's going on. And I want to be clear. We put the food down many, many steps ago, right? This is about lack of power. That is my dilemma. I remember in a period of abstinence, being a manager, which I got fired four different times as a manager, right? Where, what was my first clue, right? I would go to work. And I would demand that these staff members tell me everything. When are you getting to work? When are you going to the bathroom? When are you get all this stuff, all these controlling behaviors because I needed them to feed me and do a perfect job so everybody thought how great I am as a manager, right? And then they went behind my back, quote unquote, told the boss, and guess what? I'm getting walked out the door and I'm shocked because I don't know that they know that I'm making decisions based on me that are placing me in a position to be hurt, right? And so I, these are not, you know, today as a recovered woman, um, I have a sense when I wake up in the morning, if fear is on me, I have a solution to get out of myself. The purpose of these steps is to uncover, discover, and discard, to bring to light. KDG, this is not the sun, moon, and stars do not um, circulate around you. There are other people in this world, right? But I can't just say, okay, I'm not going to be selfish anymore because that root, it has to be literally taken out of the ground. This is spiritual surgery. And if I don't, what is the promise? I will eat again. If I am a low bottom, compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic like me with no hope, I will eat again if I continue these behaviors. What a privilege to not be there today. And with that, I do pass. Thank you so much, Katie G. So next up, we have Craig F. followed by Kim G. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. Good morning again. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I kind of saved up the last couple of days. I wanted to, I wanted to be in on this paragraph because I think this paragraph is so uh, important. It's it's so uh, uh, so much of a 
of a root itself of a foundation of of our recovery um you know and i i wish that uh uh reading that paragraph and realizing how self-centered and selfish uh the modis behind a lot of my actions were was uh, enough you know that we're going to say <clears throat> gosh i was self-centered self-centered i don't want to be that again and then all would be you know butterflies and unicorns and and bluebirds flying around in the yard but it, it, it isn't going to work that way and what i'm going to tell you is that uh when we look forward to to uh the rest of the steps and the ninth step the tenth step the eleventh step and even the twelfth step we're we're going to see that that selfishness and self-centeredness play a play a part when we do our tenth steps uh we say where was i selfish you know where where did i have a script and nobody followed it and when i do my 11th step my review at night we're going to ask questions of ourselves was i you know was i concerned about me or was i concerned about uh the people in the world around me and uh you know when i do my 12th step i'm going to be practicing getting out of myself uh on a daily basis i'm going to be practicing get, doing somebody's on me doing uh counter contrary action uh and you know the other thing that i'm going to say is that uh i've had a lot of uh good behavior that was uh, that was backed up by bad intentions uh you know i i want what i want so if i have you know like the our actor earlier if i have to be nice to you to get what i want then i'll be nice to you but a lot of times uh people see right through that it doesn't really matter what matters is that that i that i learn from my past behavior and i see that my that good intentions uh even uh, are not enough that what i really need is an attitude and outlook on life that says that uh, uh that says dear god uh guide my thoughts and actions and show me how i can be of service to you and others not dear god give me what i want uh dear god show me how to be a nice guy it's it's none of that it's how can i be of service to god and others and with that i'll pass thank you well thank you craig that was right on time you almost made me think you set a timer uh um, i did <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thanks for your share. So next up we have Kim G followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Kelly. And I'm going to be disciplined by a timer as well. Um, my <laughs> name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered since January 2011. And I love the sentence, driven, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. You know, I think that right now I have a little Jack Russell Terrier that's sitting at my feet and uh, – she was bred in a certain way. You know, we can be out in my backyard, happy, joyous, and free. And if a squirrel comes in there, she's a freaking lunatic. She's driven by that because of the way humans have bred Jack Russell Terriers. And what I have to realize is that my brain is wired differently as an addict. I don't know if you know that old joke, but when a normal person goes out and finds a flat tire, they call AAA. But when an alcoholic goes out and finds a flat tire, they call suicide prevention. Like, that's just how our brain is wired. I'm the kind of uh, compulsive ovary that when I hear a strange noise in my car, 
within 60 seconds, I see myself homeless. Because I think, oh, my God, my car is going to blow up. That means I have to get a new car. I'm going to have two car payments. That means I can't afford my mortgage, which means I'm going to be foreclosed on. Oh, my God, I'm living on the streets. See, I'm, if, you, if you don't recognize maybe selfish and self-centeredness, which is sometimes hard for us, think of the word self-consumed. I don't know about you, but often in a 24-hour day, I'm thinking 23 hours about me. And the other hour, I'm thinking about what are you thinking about me? It's always about me. And this is why when we go through these steps, I often giggle because this is how we're wired. On the fourth step, the first thing we want to do is put ourselves on the fourth step. The first thing we want to do in the ninth step is put ourselves on the ninth step. We hear language of self-care and self-love. That's consumed by self. The spiritual path is opposite. What I have to do is stop thinking about me. That's why it's so essential that we work with others. I love the line on page 20. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend on our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. That's what it means to live in 10, 11, and 12. In 10 and 11, I empty myself of me. And in step 12, I help other people. So my experience and my observation is if I'm not grounded in 10 and 11, I use step 12 as a drug. And if I'm not doing step 12, so what happens is I get driven by self in 10 and 11 because I get into self-examination. So today I ask God, how can I help your other kids today? Why? Because I'm, because I'm driven and I'm wired differently. And it's only by emptying myself of me and helping others that this addict has had those wirings changed and I can find peace today. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim G. Next up, we have Nessa R. followed by Anita. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I, um, I want to jump on Kim's bandwagon um, because selfishness and self-centeredness are the filters through which I process everything that happens in my life. You know, we're going to read in the following paragraph that our troubles um, are of our own making. And why are my troubles of my own making? It's not because of my circumstances. I used to think that my circumstances were the reason why I was so unhappy and why I had to eat to comfort myself, to soothe myself, to numb myself. But that's not the reason why I was unhappy. It was how I processed um, those circumstances and those events through those filters, filters of selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, everything was, what do I want? You know, is this, is this furthering my objective? Um, am I getting what I think I need? You know, it was all me, 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 me. And the selfishness and self-centeredness uh, was also the impetus that drove me to um, push, control, and manipulate others in order for me to get what I wanted. And, of course, they weren't happy. I wasn't happy. You know, I learned in recovery that the pursuit of happiness was the source of my unhappiness. Um, you know, I have to shift my thinking from myself to others. And the only way that that can happen is through the steps. You know, the, the steps teach us a new way of thinking, a new way of thinking that is, is other-centered, God-centered instead of self-centered. And, you know, um, happiness ensues as a result, you know, it, it's, it's kind of miraculous how it happens. If I do my work and I work the steps, I get out of myself and I throw myself into making life better for others. There's a, a passage that I really love on page 88 at the end of um, Into Action that says, 
uh, almost near the end, um, you know, we are then much less uh, sorry, we are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We do not tire easily, and this is the part that I love. For we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. And that is the selfishness and self-centeredness that is spoken about here. And this is the selfishness and self-centeredness that the working of the steps, really uh, the way they're meant to be worked according to the big book in entire abstinence, eradicates and replaces with a God-centered existence focused on uh, being of service to others. And that is happiness. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa R. Uh, next up, I have Anita. Anita, I did not get the first initial of your last name. Anita B. Okay, and then after Anita, we're going to have a special announcement. So go ahead, Anita. Uh, hi. Uh, thanks for letting me share. And uh, I'm actually back again at this part of the book, Working Hard. And I realized something this morning, and I hope it relates for what we read, but when I was doing my description of a God of my understanding, that God that I wrote down was everything I either thought I was or thought I should be. And I think that helped me realize who did I think I was. You know, like I thought I needed to be this perfect being. I thought that I did everything perfectly, that I had the answer. You know, I, I, I. And that just really helped me see actually going into the turnarounds of my fourth step, what kind of lies I really was telling myself as I thought I was being this wonderful person. And what a fake I was for these people to even think that's who I was and that I wanted them to think I was. Anyway, I don't know if any of that made sense, and I'm sure I don't need a timer because I didn't want to share, especially after all those great shares, but I am glad to be here, and I need to do this to recover. So thanks for letting me share. All right. Well, thank you, Anita B. And now we have a special announcement by Ms. Ginger C. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, truth be told, I did not want to go to that Virginia Beach convention back in 2015. I had my heels dug in, and I was crying in my bed the morning of asking my husband, what am I doing? And he said, you've got a plane, and you better pack because we're going to the airport. So again, God doing for me what I don't do because I, on my own cord, would have stayed in the bed and not have gotten to that airport. And I'm sure many are on the fence today wondering, should I go? to New York, which is just right around the corner. And I am so grateful again that I got there because I had no idea that that's where my beginning would begin, that I'd put this food down and I'd have this new freedom and this new happiness. So I hope you don't miss it. If you want to talk more about going, please give me a call. But uh, registration is ending on October 24th, so time is of an essence. So I hope you just hang up and make that plane ticket like I did back in September and then get there. Um, it is November 15th through the 17th of 2019. It's at the Marriott Hotel and Convention Center at Newark, New Jersey, Liberty International Airport. You can register at avisionforyou.info. That's www.avision, the number four, Y-O-U, dot info. 
Again, 800 people will be there. We're always showing up and meeting for that newcomer. And again, I did not want to go. I packed a backpack filled with candy. That was my motivation to help me. And then thank God, God took that away the day of the convention, and I haven't had a bite since. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger. It is a very powerful, powerful convention. Okay, I've been around for three decades and I've never seen one that powerful, so please join us. Okay, next up we're going to have Cindy H., and then we'll be opening it up again for more uh, shares. Cindy, you're up. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Um, hi, everyone. This is Cindy H. I am a compulsive overeater, and I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, this paragraph, we just read it in a face-to-face -face meeting I was in the other day, and it's just yesterday's events in my life just really struck me. My pride has two sides, and I have the one where I think that I'm all that and, you know, more, where I think too highly of myself, and I've also had the pride where I think too lowly of myself, where I think, oh, I'm a terrible, horrible person. How could I have let myself get that big and, and addicted to food and all of those things? But what I'm finding out is that when I see myself the way that God does, then I'm more able to have a balanced view of myself to see, to accept my weaknesses and appreciate my strengths. And then when I have days like yesterday where I just poured myself out serving and by the end of the day I was frustrated and angry and resentful and I was just, you know, begging God for a better attitude and which of course, you know, he helped me with. Um, you know, I, I've been coming to OA for about six weeks. I've been in recovery for about a year. Um, I laid down sugar um, October 15, 2018 and I'm still working on abstinence, so this is somewhat new to me, but I'm finding that that my, just I'm learning so many things. It's almost overwhelming at times, but I wanted to share to encourage anyone who's new in the program to, to um, kind of understand that the pride and selfishness can take on either form. Um, and at least it has in my life. And um, I, I am grateful today that God is changing me, that I'm not the same person that I was when I started. So that's it for me, and I'll pass. Well, thank you so much, Cindy H. All right, so if you're just joining us or can't remember, which tends to be my issue, we are on page 62. In the big book, we are on selfishness and self-centeredness. We read and are commenting on that one paragraph. If you haven't shared in the last couple of days and would like to share, give me your first name and first initial of your last. Christina J. Danielle O. Larry K. Linda D. from Green Leah M. This is Raquel from Israel. Okay, so I had Christina J. Brenda, Julie R, Leah M. I heard a male's voice. I heard two males. Larry? Voices. Larry, and I thought I heard another man. Uh, it's Danielle O. Well, let's put you, Danielle. Let's stop there. Linda, Linda I'll put you in if we have time. All right, so here's our lineup. 
Christina J, Brenda, didn't get your initial, Julie R, Leah M, Larry K, Danielle O, and Linda D. Guys, make sure you're muted, and let's get started with Christina J. Thank you, Kelly, for your service and everyone on the line. Incredible shares this morning, and I just love this part of the book because this gets down to the meat of what my problem was, the true meat. And I, um, I had no idea. I had no idea. Even after going through the book the first time with a very recovered, strong sponsor, uh, I didn't get this. I got it on paper when I did my fourth step, and I was horrified at the kind of person that I'd found myself to be. I had no idea that I was that way. I thought this was my nature to be driven, and um, I, I actually had a psychic tell me, uh, yes, you need to be selfish because you need to get to where you're going in life. So, uh, you know, that just justified everything that I thought about myself, and I didn't think selfish was a bad thing. I, I was a good person. Uh, but what I found in the fourth step, which is the key to beginning to unlock this kind of stuff within us to, to get us to see this, is that this fear thing, everything on my resentment, excuse me, on my four-step form um, on resentments was driven by fear. So, um, and this fear came from way back when, when I began life as a child and moved through my entire existence thinking I wasn't good enough and that I had to really push forward in life to get what I wanted. Um, I, was fear of self, I was full of self-delusion, the self-seeking and the self-pity it talks about here. And uh, I indirectly stepped on the toes of my fellows, and I didn't understand why they would retaliate. I, I was just trying to get what I wanted and trying to play the game of life right. Um, but I was placing myself in a big position to be hurt. And you know what it took for me to finally see, even, again, even after I did the fourth step and I saw these things about myself, I continued to run my life the way I was running it before. Um, because I wasn't doing 10 and 11. I was doing 12, but I really wasn't doing 10 and 11 daily to clean up my stuff. So I would get irritable, restless discontent, and I would exercise harder or have a banana episode, I used to call it, where I'd eat, you know, three or four bananas and think I was still abstinent. <clears throat> I had ways of manipulating playing the program, playing with the program that wasn't right on, wasn't true. So uh, now today, <clears throat> uh, completely abstinent uh, on, an, on a food level since April, I know how valuable 10, 11 are in my life. All the steps are valuable, but those I must do on a daily basis in order to keep myself out of the selfishness, self-centered, the fear that still continues to come up in my life from the old paradigms of living. So, again, if you're out there and you're just listening and maybe you're struggling with relapse, this is what happened to me because if I wasn't doing that 10, 11, and 12, I would be in and out of relapse continually. Uh, Get in here. Do the work. Come on, join us. I mean, that you cross that river and you get to the other side and suddenly you see. You see the book like you've never seen it. You see these words like you've never seen them. Time. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks for everyone on the line, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. Next up I have Brenda, followed by Julie R. Brenda, what's the first initial of your last name? Brenda, are you there? Star one. Well, maybe I didn't hear her, Brenda. Okay, so let's move on to Julie R. Julie, you ready? Hi, thanks, Kelly. Uh, Julie R, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And, you know, I have this highlighted, colored, you name it, selfishness and self-centeredness. So I never thought I was. I just thought that I had to do the best job 
And if you weren't doing it the way I thought you needed to do it, then you were the problem. And, you know, as I really discovered who I was, that real compulsive overeater, you know, that I don't think and act like other people, I got to see how how selfish I was. And um, it's like through the process of working the steps, you know, of course, the food down black and white, um, I got to see it's all based by fear. It says here, driven by a hundred forms of fear. That's first. Um, everybody's talked about, you know, how, what happens when something happens to us? We automatically go to the worst thing. But as a recovered woman, it shifted. Um, yesterday, I found out that I sent some um, high proprietary documents out by an accident to a supplier. Now, if that would have happened to me as a dry drunk or a person who's in the food, I would have went to, oh, my God, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get written up. Mind you, I've been with the company for 34 years, and I've had nothing but, you know, exceeds. But that's how I would have thought. So what happened yesterday, sure, I got a little gut-wrenching thing. I automatically went to prayer. And I said, God, you need to take this from me. Show me what to do. I emailed my boss, and all he came back with, well, that sucks. And um, it's like, that could have been so different. Why was it different? Why did I act this way instead of going off the rails? It's because of that work we do every day, that 10 and 11. Um, And I led what somebody shared, you know, I had done way too much 12, and my 10 got too small, and my 11 got too small, and therefore I was back into that selfishness and self-centeredness. So it's all about balance. And it's like, you know, yeah, the food is down. Yeah, it's great being at goal weight. That is wonderful. But it's like when people see that I don't jump their throat when something goes wrong. I have an audit, that uh, a five-day audit coming up. And I'm in mission assurance mode. And But I'm being kind. I'm being direct. It could be so different because of that selfishness. You're not doing it the way I want you to do it. So I bring God into every meeting I go. When I walk down the hall and I see something, I ask God for help. So, yeah, this is so much more than the food, but the food's got to be down. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie R. All right, so Leah M. followed by Larry K. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Appreciate it. You know, something came uh, between me and compulsive overeating more than 32 years ago and has been there ever since, and that's the recovery process. That's these steps that attended to the selfishness and self-centeredness, which is the disease, you know, which is the root, which is the underground source, the origin, the core, the heart of the way that I was thinking, my perspective and my attitudes in life. And, um, you know, this drive, uh, which, you know, the world likes this drive. You know, I had an insatiable desire for more power, more recognition, more money, more acceptance, more love, and I still wasn't satisfied, you know. And, of course, all that led to lying and conning and manipulation and cheating and stealing and stepping on toes of others and creating pain in those I loved and my relationships and caused suffering for those other people, and they retaliated and created pain and suffering for me. 
And, you know, that is a great brew for victimhood. <laughs> you know, that combination, that was the tool I used to play a victim. You know, my book's going to teach me that, um, you know, it's a self-imposed crisis because that, is my, that was my vision. That was the prism to which I was looking through the world. I wanted the world to go my way rather than God's way. And the program of recovery took that drive that I have and that will, um, and now I use that will to the best of my ability to get in harmony with the will of God. And I have to take actions, and those necessary actions remove those obstacles, those, uh, you know, twisted and discolored drives which block me from God and block me from being able to love, accept, tolerate, and serve other people. So, you know, it's a great process. These steps reoriented me and continue to reorient me and keep me from drowning in self-absorption and focus my attention on the fact that I have a purpose, a purpose which transcends my personal desires because I have a new employer, and that new employer is God. And every day, it's a day of turning. Am I willing to turn? Am I willing to be available for this shift in consciousness so that I can see to the best of my ability every day is a day when I must carry the vision of God's will into all my activities? And, and that's my North Star. <laughs> that's my North Star. And every day, it's a day of, you know, tapping in that GPS, God positioning system, and and getting reoriented, and I'm grateful for this process, and the process continues. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Kelly, we can't hear you. I think Larry Kay is up next. Uh, hey, Mel. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't hear Sorry, Kelly. Larry. No, there we go. Yeah, here oh, I Oh, that's okay, go Kelly. Larry. <laughs> okay. Go, Larry. Go, Larry. Okay. Uh, thanks, Kelly, for your service. Larry K. Recovered. Compulsive overeater. Yeah, self-absorption. You know, I, I, I came into the program, and I just wasn't buying it. You know, this selfishness, self-centeredness, that is the root of my problem. No, Kit Kat bars and pizza and my fat stomach, that's the root of my problem. My, uh, you know, being abused as a child, that was the root of my problems. Don't tell me food. Don't tell me uh, selfishness is the root of my troubles. How dare you? And I love to hear when I came into program, oh, boy, did I love to hear, Larry, this is a selfish program. (laughs) Boy, oh, boy, how many people have sat in a meeting and heard that this is a selfish program? A lot of us. Sort of remarkable, isn't it? So the truth is, if we don't get rid of this selfishness, the book tells us it will kill us. So the way that we're going to get rid of this selfishness that can kill you is with this selfish program. Oh, that's, that's madness, right? This is a selfless program. To solve a selfish problem, you're going to need a selfless solution. And while I would suggest that, that it takes maybe five seconds to take the third step, Sadly, it may take some fellows five decades to take the actions required to make this decision real in the third step. 
See, if I, if I don't believe that selfishness, self-centeredness is the very root of my troubles, I will never have the wherewithal or the desire to make the decision that is followed by action after action after uncomfortable, after miserable sometimes action in which to make this decision a reality so that I can transform. You know, selfishness is evolutionary, just like eating is evolutionary. It's based on survival. We just took it beyond that which it was intended. And I need to be reoriented, as Leah said, I need to be restructured. I need to be brought into alignment with the God of my understanding so that I don't kill myself with the natural instincts that God gave me. I was killing myself. Food should be pleasurable so we continue to eat and survive. Thinking about oneself, you know, should be something, it's part of survival, but I took it beyond that which it was intended. And these steps reorient me. They reboot me, if you will. If you're on this line this morning, you made a definitive decision to be here. There are many people who made a decision to be on the line, and yet they're still sleeping. They didn't dial the phone. So in order to make this real, this decision real, I have to take action. And when I take those actions in concert, in sequence, in order, God does something to change me. With that, I pass. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much, Larry Kay. All right, so next up we have Danielle O, followed by Linda D. Good morning, everyone. This is Danielle O from upstate New York. Thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. I'm going to keep it real brief. I just want to say that, you know, through all the struggles, through all of the things that I had to go through, God has brought me exactly where I need to be with exactly the people I need to be with. The support that is in these rooms is unbelievable. I surround myself with positive people, and I love what it has done for me, and it has uplifted me so much in my recovery so that I can be of maximum service to the other suffering food addict who walks through the door. And I do that a day at a time, just like everybody else did when they woke up this morning and decided to be here. And I didn't think I was going to get on the line, but I'm glad that I did just after I heard that last message because um, I'm at work and I'm thinking, oh, i got to get busy. But instead, I just said, you know what, a brief check-in just to say I am a recovering, grateful food addict just for today. I am doing it. And thank you, everyone, for being there doing it with me. That's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Danielle O. Next up, Linda D. Linda D., you there? Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Um, uh, Captured by the word driven. Every day, I like what was said about a North Star. Every day, now, having done these steps over and over and over, I am recovered for a bit, five years and change. That's amazing to me. Having uh, been recovered by the grace of God through these steps, the big book and all of you, uh, it's another day. And uh, what am am I going to choose? Am I going to be driven? There's no shilly-shallying about this. I'm going to be driven, or am I going to live in reverence for life, yours and mine? Because that is what this program is about. It's not a witch hunt for me to rip myself apart. It's for me to understand that as an active addict, that's all I knew. I, didn't, I couldn't do any better. 
and I still can't if I don't know how to live today. I know a lot more than I did. It's by the grace of God and all of you. But it's every day, it's every minute of every day. What is my choice? Reverence for life or self-destruct? I pass. Thank you, Linda D. I'm going to put out another call for Brenda. Is there Brenda? Star one. Okay, well, I did find out that male voice was Chuck K. Chuck, are you there? Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can, Chuck. Hey, this is Chuck K. from Georgia. Thanks for putting me in. So one of the things I've been thinking about this morning, I really like this paragraph, as everybody has said, and I think this has been a really good meeting, is I'm still young enough in program where the awareness of how I behaved is so predominant in my life. It's like my eyes have been opened to the behavior that was driving me insane. And so I look around and I see people behaving in the same way. So I think a part of this behavior, the selfishness, self-centeredness, is human nature. But because I'm a compulsive overeater, I have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. I turn to food to make myself feel better. And I speak a lot about the blessings that God gives us through this program. And I think one of the first blessings that I received was just the awareness that this is why I behave in the way I do. And then alongside that came the understanding that I have a different way of behaving. I have a different set of choices that I can make in my life. And those choices are the steps. I talk about the Chuck-centered Chuck and the God-centered Chuck. Well, which am I going to be? My life doesn't just happen randomly because things happen on me and I just have to react to them. My life happens because of the choices that I make. And I only ever have two choices in life in every decision. There are really only two choices for me. The choice to accept God's plan for my life or the choice to make my own plan. That's it. I can either put myself within God's realm or I put myself outside of God's realm. And so when I go back to the awareness, I understand that, that I see people around me all the time acting in the same way that in some ways I still do, but not as much as I did before program because I have another way. And so I really liked what I heard about the balance of 10, 11, and 12 because I'm focusing on 12 today. And a lot of times when I speak to people, one of the first questions I ask is some of the service that, that we're doing. And I have to remember that if I am not, you know, I have to work step 10, 11 every day, but if I'm not also working that step 12, if I'm not um, giving service to other people, you know, I have, I have a very dear friend who answers my call pretty much any time I call at any hour, and they'll tell me, I don't want to take this call. I'm taking this call, so I'll stay out of the food. I have to do the same thing whenever other people call me. Many times I'll speak to people and I'll say, how many face-to-face meetings are you going to? And they'll say, I, I, they're not really healthy. 
And I think if Time I'm not, shame, shame on me if I'm not going. I need to make sure that I'm doing that service. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chuck Kay. So I have time for one more share. Who'd like to share? Well, Sam. Russ? All right. Hey, Kelly. You got it, you know oh, sorry. Go ahead, Russ. All right. Good morning. Thanks, Kelly. Russ, I'm recovered compulsive overeater. So I see selfishness, self-centeredness. You know, my whole life, I can remember as a young kid having to handle my affairs at seven, eight years old, just, you know, cleaning, cooking, handling myself. And I always would go back to that and say, I had this happen to me. I was in this predicament. This is why I got to get mine. This is why I have to get mine. And then I realized there's other people that weren't an only child that were on their own that had situations worse than mine that were the same. So what, what I'm getting at is that, you know, I was born this way being self-centered. But when you're in that food, so I'm self-centered, I got to get mine. I got to get my hit with the food. The disease takes over. So it's a, it's a cycle. It's both. It goes together for me. And until I got out of the food, I didn't realize the damage I did. The, the extent. Now, I knew I walked on people. I knew I manipulated people. Not that I was, like, trying to hurt them. And I destroyed a lot of relationships. I lost a business. I, I Like many, like many. I, I did a lot of destruction. But, see, that's the best thing that ever could have happened to, to a person like me. And it's only through God I'm on this line and these steps and this program. Because now I know I have to serve. I just hope I have enough time, which anything is possible with God, is to, to, to make make up for, for the damage I did. But I have to constantly be on my guard and look at my motives. And now I can really do that by working this program. So it's I don't I don't see any other way of life. Thanks a lot. You all have a great day. Love you. Thanks, Russ. So there was another voice who was trying to get in. Who was that? Star one. Hey, Kelly, it's Karina from New York. Do you have a second? Oh, real quick. I have one. You got one minute. All right, let's go. No, and I will just veto what someone said about God. For the first, for the first like years in recovery, I thought the problem was the pizza, and I just want to say real quick how crazy I actually went with that thought that I eliminated absolutely everything on my food plan where I was eating literally just like the same basic things. And I was crazy on the inside. I remember like literally calling 50 people a day and going to meetings and being like, why is my skin? Why, why am I crawling out of my skin? Why do I want to kill everyone around me? And for the first time I actually had suicidal thoughts. And that is eating and quote-unquote abstinent food plan. Self-centeredness, I'm learning, is the root of my troubles. It's me wanting things my way. And thank you, God, that God is the one that takes that away. Because I've tried every self-help book and nothing works. But that I'll pass. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much, Karina. Perfect timing. Okay. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Thursday, October 17th, 13534. 
13534. So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara, uh, Barbara P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Barbara P. from Atlanta, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the happy road the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>